you're listening to another installment of Off the Record from Textual Healing Podcast with Mallory Smart. My name is Jack Moody, and I'm going to be reading an excerpt from my forthcoming novella, The Monotony of Everlasting, out October 1st with Anxiety Press. And the song I've chosen to pair with this excerpt is titled Ace's Death, which is part two of the Pier Gint Suite number one, opus 46, by Edward Grieg. After a long enough period of existence, the things that at one time Nicholas found boring now provided the greatest pleasure. He had spent centuries bathed in wealth and luxury, sleeping in large houses and palaces adorned with gold rafters and priceless art, but the novelty wore off with time. The satisfaction that once came from opulence and the reverent or jealous looks his lifestyle had produced in the faces of his many guests passed through him like a cool, ineffectual breeze up the initial rush gave way into monotony. There were only so many times one couldn't press another until it became ordinary. Nicholas awoke at 6.02 a.m. and rose to greet the blank white walls of his studio apartment. Structure was important. One needed to live within a methodical and precise schedule for each day to avoid focusing on the person that time had created. This irony wasn't lost on him, but that was as far as he'd let his mind dwell upon the subject. He had lost decades to the concept of time, disappearing inside his head as if with enough thought he could direct his own way out of the illogical labyrinth. The closest he'd ever come to an answer was during the life he'd spent hidden away in the Tibetan mountains, studying samsara and meditation with Buddhist monks. Together they mastered the art of non-being and asceticism, traveling thousands of miles behind their eyelids, needing not food nor water, but only attainment of the key that unlocked the door to a true death. But they had passed away long ago, and Nicholas remained. Nicholas stretched as his joints popped like failing machinery and felt for the bullet hole in the center of his chest. It had disappeared like all the others. He was not born a violent person. But with unending time came the inevitability of being thrust into the consequences of human nature. His first experience was at the hands of a member of the Fatimid Caliphate during the siege of Jerusalem. Blood and bodies became one, and his vision blurred from exhaustion and dehydration beneath the Palestinian summer heat. His strength failed him as the heavy crack of the sword first dislodged the shield from his grasp, and the eyes of his opponent turned a sharp and vivid brown when the sword then found its home inside his stomach. Nicholas fell to the ground, watching the blue sky, waiting for the light of God to reach through and sweep him away from the battlefield. But all that greeted him was the darkening of the world until it was all that could be seen. He came to three days later, crawling out from beneath of the pile of bodies that had been his comrades, his wounds sealed as if it had all been a terrible dream. The consensus was split between his peers, of whether he was a holy saint blessed by God, or a practicing witch who had cheated death by making a pact with Lucifer. Fear won out in the end, as it always did, and Nicholas was driven out of the Holy Land and wandered the Middle Eastern desert for years before falling in with a group of nomadic rug merchants. They showed him the teachings of Muhammad the Prophet, and in fifty years' time he would definitively learn the truth of his condition. A man who, in another life, would have been his friend, sunk an axe into the crown of his head, and he faded away again upon the Iberian earth with a copy of the Koran wedged inside his breastplate. When he awoke, he left the book atop the body of a fallen crusader, 
and traveled south to the cradle of humankind in search of a cure. Mm-hmm.